You're listening to Podcateers. Welcome to episode 335 of Podcateers. Happy belated life day, everyone. Uh, if you don't know what that is, it's okay. We talk about it in this episode. Plus, make sure to check out the blog post at podcateers.com slash 335 for a video. Uh, we talk about some of Josh DeMauro's comments during his keynote at the IAPA conference this year and two of this year's Hall of Fame honorees. Plus, we talk about the latest Disney Plus series, Inside Pixar. We also give you an update on our virtual food drive to benefit cast members and workers of the theme park industry. As of this recording, we have reached 23% of our goal. Thank you to everyone that has taken the time to repost to help us spread the word about the food drive. And of course, to those that have donated, you are making a difference in someone's life. We're holding the food drive through Second Harvest Food Bank of Orange County because they're set up so that every dollar you donate provides the equivalent of up to three meals for someone. For most of us, one dollar won't make a difference, but for someone that needs it, it could be the difference between eating and not eating that day. So help us spread the word about the food drive, share the link with your family and friends, and challenge them to donate at least a dollar. Together, we can help make a difference this holiday season by bringing a little bit of magic to those that have been laid off or have been furloughed due to the pandemic. For more information and a link to donate, you can go to teamboatwilly.com. It's like Steamboat Willie, but without the S. If you have any questions, please feel free to reach out, and we'll be happy to help as best as we can. Uh, If you'd like to join the conversation and talk about anything that we talk about in this episode, please leave a comment over on the blog post at podcateers.com slash 335 or join us on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. Just search for Podcateers. You can also join us on our new Discord server. An invite link is available in the blog post for this episode if you'd like to join us there. And of course, I'd like to take a moment to send a very special shout out and a thank you to the FGP squad, aka our podcast fairy godparents, because it's their monthly support via Patreon that help make these episodes of Podcateers possible. Being part of the FGP squad family gets you some additional perks, so if you would like more information on what those are and how you can become a part of it, you can get more info by going to podcateers.com FGP. Once again, a very special thank you to the members of the FGP squad for their continued support. So that's the intro. It's time to do this podcast thing. Here is episode 335 of Podcateers. I hope I'm not nasal <laughs> when you guys hear me, but yeah, I could blame the, the sudden heat and it's like all the pollen just sprouted and everything. So yeah, I'm trying hard not to t- like breathe on the mic because I can't breathe because of the allergies. Yeah, <laughs> <clears throat> I'm more concerned with having to clear my throat more often than I would want to while we're recording. Uh, I have something to drink here to help out with it, but I remember the last time that I felt like this when they got really bad. I remember us recording for about an hour, and then at the end, <laughs> like my voice was almost gone. Mm-hmm. So maybe we should try to keep this episode short-ish, 
And then it turns out sure. to be like a two-hour episode because that's always what happens. All the time. So I'm not, I won't <laughs> say that. We won't call it short or, you know, anything. But uh, I'm going to continue drinking liquids and hope that my voice can keep up. It's been a rough week. I know I've said that the last few weeks, but, you know, we've just been dealing with family stuff recently. And uh, sadly, it did not turn out the way we would have wanted it to. And uh, now we're, we're dealing with all of that. So uh, I'm, I'm kind of trying to keep it together while we're just kind of maneuvering through all the things that we have to do on a daily basis. And at times it's been tougher than others. But uh, yeah, sometimes you just have to try to breathe, try to get through it. And uh, I, you know, I, I've reflected so much on what this year has been and what it could have been. Mm-hmm. Then I read, well, California is going into a brand new lockdown. And I'm like, what? Yeah. Again? Anaheim is in the purple again. I was like, what? Again? I'm not proud. Yeah. And you're like right in the thick of it. Uh-huh. So I've been a hermit crab. Uh, yeah. For that reason. <laughs> yeah, I don't blame you. It's it's scary. You know, mm-hmm. it's... the the Just the whole thing is just so unforgiving that you'd have to do your best to try to protect yourself whenever you can. Yeah. And it was just crazy just listening to the governor of California talk about how we're we're going to go into this brand new lockdown and that I guess uh, there's going to be really tight restrictions in pretty much all counties. Like there's only two counties in all of California that are in the yellow tier, which is like the safest tier according to them. And uh, I remember when they first talked about the restrictions to reopen the the theme parks, Mm -hmm. the governor wanted like Anaheim and other like L.A. County and stuff to be or any county that has a theme park, basically, to be in the yellow. And that's pretty far from where we are right now. Like purple is the highest tier. And you have, I think you have to go several weeks without incidents for you to get knocked down a couple of tiers. And so going into Thanksgiving and going into Christmas and then New Year's, it feels like it's just going to be another test of willpower, another test of, of humanity, really. You know, try yeah, to stay home, try much. to be as safe as possible go out when it's essential i guess it was weird because they were talking about doing a curfew in california and i don't understand the curfew part of it like is there any data that suggests that having a curfew would actually benefit the lockdown i don't understand that part of it like if you just tell people hey stay home i guess the only benefit would be that they can control how many people are going to be out, you know, especially at night so they can have less people patrolling or something. I don't know. But the curfew just seems like it's a little over the top. Like I understand the lockdown procedures and I can understand why they want to take that route for that. But the curfew just seems like it's a little too much, at least to me. And I'm and look, I'm I'm pretty on board with the whole wear your mask and stay home as much as possible thing. Okay, so Mm -hmm. like if I'm like 
curfew is kind of like, whoa, that's a lot. I kind of feel like it's a lot. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. I think I'm just at the point where I just want things to just work. So, you know, whatever it takes. Yeah. Just we got to just come together and just make this work because. Woo. Willpower. <laughs> On the plus side, there's been a lot of really great news in the last week or so about vaccines mm-hmm. and trials and how effective they've been. And yeah. one of them being in the 90s, you know, as effective. I forgot what company made it, but it wasn't the Pfizer one. It was a different one that didn't have to be essentially frozen in order to to maintain it so that it maintained its potency. But that's all great news. You know, because the faster we can get to a point where more people have tested it, they have more data, the faster we can get to being able to be around each other and enjoy each other's company again. And I, especially after these last couple weeks, damn, I I just, it hit me the hardest these last two weeks. And I know it's going to be worse and I just want it to be over. I want to have a churro. And I want to be able to hug people yeah. again. And I want to be able to enjoy myself in a group on Main Street watching the fireworks and seeing the foam soap snow <laughs> as I'm shedding a tear for Believe in Holiday Magic. With the ginger red smell. I know. <laughs> and look, I know I said it in the last episode. I wasn't kidding. Mm-hmm. Okay. This whole Christmas in July thing can totally work. Yeah. I know that there's <laughs> decorations at Downtown Disney and they have Christmas trees and people are posting pictures and, you know, Buena Vista Street is in the holiday spirit. That's great. Okay. That's fine. Yeah. But we're not going to get the fireworks and, you know, the castle show and like we're missing all of that. Let's do it in July of next year. As long as we're, I mean, you know, in a better place, let's do Christmas in July. It's totally possible because um, I remember for a few Friday the 13th, dun, dun, dun. Um, they would have the villains come out. And I remember that, you know, for non-official, hey, why not? Why, If they could do that, it's there's a possibility they could bring Christmas in July. No matter how many times I've said I don't like it, I'm all for it if it brings joy. Yeah. I will be happy for everybody. <laughs> and look, Disney's always looking for great marketing opportunities, right? Right. This is yeah. a perfect marketing opportunity. They don't even have to credit me for this one. I'm giving <laughs> this one to them. That's a freebie. That's a freebie, exactly. <laughs> You're welcome. Along with some of the other ideas. Remember we were talking about uh, Carthay Circle opening when Buena mm-hmm. Vista Street gets extended or Downtown Disney extends into Buena Vista Street? So they are going to have outdoor dining. They're going to have... Nice! Yeah, I forgot what they're calling it. It's like Carthay Carthay Circle Lounge or something like that. But it's basically seating outdoors on the first floor. So that's how they're going to be doing it. So the idea, if they're in the fourth tier, especially in Anaheim, that means that they're going back to all of the restrictions where no more indoor eating again. Because some right. like you were able to have indoor eating with certain restrictions. But being back in purple means that they have to roll back all of that. Outdoor eating is okay with certain restrictions. This idea can work around the castle. Yeah. 
Okay, set up a bunch of tables down Main Street. Let's do outdoor dining in Disney parks. Have the characters come out and do a little dance. You know, in front of the castle. Projections, music. It can work. Again, you're welcome, Disney. Right. And like you said, we were just talking about that, about outdoor dining. Just taking some of the chairs and tables and set it up. Easy. Totally easy. Yeah. So, anyway... Looks like that's coming. I think more news is going to be uh, coming up on that really soon. And it's it's really unfortunate that the country, not just California, the country has seen so many spikes over the last couple of weeks because um, especially with the holidays coming up, you know, when you see what other countries have been able to do by having a proper lockdown. Mm-hmm. And everyone wearing masks and everyone taking safety precautions. Uh, I, I, I still believe that we wouldn't be as bad as we are right now if we had followed the same, you know, rules and we had done the same things much earlier in the year. But, you know, could have, should have, would have. Now we just need to proceed with doing what we can in order mm-hmm. to help progress in the situation. But, yeah, I mean, that's what's happening in Anaheim right now. This episode is being released, if you're listening to this on release day, this episode is being released a day after Life Day. So, happy belated Life Day, all you Star Wars fans. Uh, If you're not familiar with Life Day, it's uh, a holiday that Wookiees celebrate in Kashyyyk. And uh, I guess the premise of the whole thing is that there was like a tree of life And you would all gather at the Tree of Life and you would kind of promise that, you know, you would make life better for people because this was after the dark times in Star Wars. Uh, I don't remember all of the details. I remember we talked about it a long time ago because we had talked about the Star Wars holiday special and how some people were like, that's the biggest piece of garbage ever. And we've (laughs) seen episode one, two, and three. That's other people saying that. Okay, not me. I'm just saying. <laughs> but uh, the the reason it, it made uh, a lot of news this year was because on Disney Plus, there was a special Lego Life Day uh, movie that was just released. Uh, I haven't seen it yet, uh, at least because, you know, we're recording this before technically that gets released. Uh, but I'm hoping to see it. And if I got the definition of Life Day wrong, somebody please let me know. Tell me what it is, and then we can talk about it. And if I got it right, yay me for actually remembering something that didn't get pushed out of my brain hole by something else. Because <laughs> that happens. I mean, you know, I there's only so much that can fit on that hard drive. And once that hard drive gets full, data has to get replaced. I can't upgrade <laughs> my mental hard drive. Or can I? Maybe. so okay i may have sounded like i was a little clueless because i do not know as much about star wars but i have a question and is there a reason why it is done on that particular day now i think it has to do with the day that the original holiday special was released on uh i'm not so to yeah, because I don't think they actually reference a day in the holiday special. But I think it's referencing the day that the holiday special was released on. 
Again, anyone that actually knows the answer, please feel free to join the conversation and call me crazy and correct me. But <laughs> uh, yeah, that I, I, that's I think that's what it is. I'm just going to be I'm going to be so appreciative once we get the answer. <laughs> yeah, I don't think they have the original uh, Star Wars holiday special uh, on Disney Plus. However, they totally mm-hmm. should. I mean, they really should tell you about the legacy of Star Wars and include all of that because I the holiday special is considered canon. It's not mm-hmm. anything new. It wasn't part of the... I, I think when they split off the additional stories that Disney didn't consider canon, they called it Legends. And so it's not part of Legends. It's actually part of Star Wars canon. So... They should include the holiday special, but since they didn't, you could totally find it on YouTube if you search for it. <clears throat> so I've heard. But <laughs> I think when we first talked about it, I think in one of the blog posts I had posted it. You know what? I'm going to look for it. And if I find it, okay. I'm going to put it in the blog post. Podcasters.com slash 335 if you want to watch the special. It is... You know what? I just Cheesy? let you watch it. <laughs> I just let you watch it, and then you can tell us what you thought about it. How about that? Ignore me. (laughs) (laughs) It is special. I'll say that. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Fantastic. Hey, speaking of Star Wars, Hmm. I think uh, the child beefing with the internet might be over. Yes. Yes. All is good. Yeah. After. So apparently I was not alone with how I felt after the last episode of The Mandalorian there mm-hmm. was an uproar about it. Yeah. Uh, especially that that face, man. That at... Ooh. Ah. Uh, yeah. Mm, mm, <laughs> mm. You know, we talked about it before. But yeah. apparently we're past it. We're all good again. Uh, there was things that happened in the latest episode where as long as... The things that happened in the previous episode don't happen again. I think we'll be okay. Mm-hmm. But that's a good way to say it. You know, I think the child is is okay with the world again. Yeah. And oh, speaking of the child, since we're kind of, I guess, talking about Star Wars stuff, I'm gonna tie it into uh, our food drive because okay. you know we've been doing this food drive for cast members and just different mm-hmm. people in the theme park industry. You know, this year has been just ridiculous with everything that's been happening due to the pandemic and we know that there's been a lot of fundraisers and a lot of different efforts to help a lot of the cast members that have been laid off or have been furloughed and uh, a lot of them are having just trouble finding stuff to eat they don't have a place to live Uh, we started our own virtual food drive to try to help as many cast members as possible Uh, we just started it last week And as of today, as we're recording this, we're at 23% of our goal, which I think is absolutely amazing. You guys are fantastic. Thank you so much. Right now, it looks like there's about 714 meals that we can provide with the money that we've raised. Again, remember that for every dollar raised, that's about the equivalent of up to three meals per person so uh, that ratio is absolutely fantastic we love it Uh, we love 
what Second Harvest Food Bank is doing. And, uh, you know, we hope that we're able to hit our goal and maybe even surpass it to try to help as many cast members as possible. Uh, if you go to teamboatwheelie.com, you'll find more information and a link to the page where you can donate if you would like to help us out. Uh, reposting on Facebook, retweeting, reposting on Instagram, sharing our posts or our stories is the best way to help us spread the word. Uh, you know, with Thanksgiving coming up, I'm hoping that we're able to raise at least what we've set as our goal in order to try to help out as many of those cast members uh, for Thanksgiving. Again, teamboatwilly.com, that's where you would want to go to find the information. Uh, super easy to remember because it's like Steamboat Willie, but without the S. And if you have any questions, feel free to reach out to any of us. You can send us a DM. You can join the conversation on any of our social networks, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, or you can leave a comment on the blog post for the episode, podcasters.com slash 335. You can also join us on Discord. We just started up a Discord server. You can find all the information there as well. Or you can communicate with us, ask us any questions. We'll be happy to help you out. Uh, so, again, thank you so much to everybody that's taken a moment to help us repost, retweet. Uh, anybody that's donated, thank you so much for your contributions. You guys have been amazing, and we truly appreciate your contributions. But, yeah, I mean, when we're talking about this food drive, you know, we had put our efforts for the chalk walk on hold. And for the chalk walk, we had planned on doing a couple of different auctions. You know, we've done this in the past where we auction things off on Instagram. The highest bidder mm -hmm. makes a donation and then we ship out the product that they basically won during the bidding process to them. We had plans for the chalk walk and we put that on hold. But then I was, I was talking to FGP squad member Eddie about this over the weekend and he was suggesting you know, why don't we do an auction for the food drive as well, where we auction off a couple of items and then the winner just makes a donation to the food drive and then you send them the product. And I thought it was a good idea. You know, I didn't think about That's doing brilliant. it for the food drive, but it's a great idea. So I was able to purchase one of the child plush toys that they had at Costco. Uh, it's nice. he's about a, like 11 or 12 inches tall. Uh, he comes with a little frog and a soup bowl and the little silver ball Aww. that he plays with <laughs> when he's on Mando's ship. Uh, and, it, and he's got like a, like a Mandalorian necklace on, aside from his like little jacket, you know. Uh, he's super That's adorable. Cool. <laughs> uh, I've posted him a couple of times on my Instagram and the Instagram stories for Podcateers. Uh, but I'll post a picture of it later on this week so that you're familiar with it. Uh, I'll probably give it a day or two for the episode to be out there so that people can hear it. Uh, but then I'll post it and then I'll post information on when we're going to be doing the auction as well. Uh, it'll probably be about a week after this episode airs to give people an opportunity to hear that we're going to have it for us to post it and promote it so that people know that it's happening. And I'm hoping we can get a good amount of money, you know, donated. And uh, yeah. Uh, so Eddie, thank you so much for the idea. Uh, if we get any other items, we will auction those off as well. We've had members of the FGP squad and other listeners reach out to us and offer to donate different items for us to, uh, to auction off for chalk uh, like our friends over at the FIA Disney podcast, Jason and Julie, were donating the Onward Guinevere 
uh, van. Uh, it's the popcorn bucket that was available at uh, Hollywood Studios at Walt Disney World. Uh, we were going to auction that off. And uh, again, if we can get our hands on any other exclusive items or any other items that uh, we think would be good auction items, we'll certainly post it. Uh, I love the idea. And if we can't be anywhere to get together to have some sort of fundraiser or something, it's the next best thing. So uh, mm-hmm. more information on that will be coming very, very soon. Uh, and if you're wondering what the FGP squad is, the FGP squad is just a group of listeners uh, just like you that help us out with a monthly contribution via Patreon. It's their contributions via Patreon that basically help make these episodes of Podcateers possible. Uh, if you want more information on how you can become a part of the FGP squad family, just head on over to podcateers.com FGP for more information. There you'll find a link to our Patreon, a little info on what the FGP squad is, a list of members of the FGP squad, and... You hear that, Melissa? Yeah, we Yay. have a new member of the FGP Squad family. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> so, Carol, thank you so much for joining the FGP Squad family. We're always honored to have new people, you know, join us. Uh, joining the FGP Squad does give you some additional perks. It gives you access to the happy hour calls, uh, special things uh, on the Discord server. Uh, additional discounts on Podcateers gear, all that good stuff. So, again, reach out to us if you have any questions. To all of the members of the FGP squad, we just want to say thank you very, very much for your continued support. Um, uh, I did want to talk about uh, a couple of things because this week the IAAP Expo was held. Uh, are you uh-huh. familiar with the IAAPA Expo? No, not really. So I found... Unless I hear from you. <laughs> so I I, I kind of knew that this expo existed for several mm-hmm. years. I just didn't really know what it was called. Uh, last year, I finally... Uh, last year? 2018, I think, is when I first officially knew it by name. Because a couple mm-hmm. of people that were presenting and were and had booths and stuff were telling me about it. Uh, but IAAPA is the International Association of Amusement Parks and Attractions. Uh, it's basically an organization representing like six or seven thousand amusement industry members, like just people wow. that work in the industry. They hold trade shows around the world. They have an annual event in Orlando. Um, you can think of it as like D twenty three. For the people that mm-hmm. build the parks. That makes yeah, sense. That, that's okay. kind of what it is. Um, and this year, uh, as far as Disney fans are concerned, one of the really big things about this year was that uh, Josh DeMauro was the keynote speaker. He kicked ah. off the event. It was all virtual considering that, you know, there's so many restrictions in place. You can't hold these types of events right now. He, he talked about how... Like, nobody really could have imagined what this year was going to bring us. Uh, He talked about all the closures. He talked about how they've had to reimagine the experiences at the resorts around the world to adjust for the pandemic. Uh, And then he basically gave, like, a mini parks and resorts presentation similar to the one that we got at D23. The only difference is that instead of teasing the attractions... Now there was actual progress photos and progress videos to go along with the updates, right? Nice. So he did talk about, 
you know, how it's been a challenge because with closing the parks, certain things had to mm -hmm. go on hold. Things like Avengers Campus. We were expecting that to be open this summer, you know, and, and yeah. sadly, you know, due to the pandemic, it's it's been pushed, you know, to some time. You know, we don't really mm -hmm. know when it's going to open now. He talked a, a lot about how they've had to adjust a lot of the things that they've learned this last year. Um, but he gave updates on, you know, uh, Avengers Campus, obviously, uh, Route 66 or Cars Route 66 over at Disneyland Paris. It, he showed pictures of the rooms in the Star Wars Galactic Resort what the rooms are actually going to look like. Uh, they All look right. like little spaceship bays. Uh, he gave updates on Harmonious, which is supposed to be like the largest nighttime spectacular that Disney has ever produced. It's going to be happening over at Epcot. Uh, they talked about the Zootopia theme land that's opening. They gave updates on that, updates on the Ratatouille attraction. But... Yeah, I think one of the biggest things that he talked about that this actually, I, I think the Disney company talked about this a couple of weeks ago, and they may have mentioned it on the investor call not too long ago, that I, I don't know how many people are familiar with this. I know that you're going to be familiar with it, Mel, because you've been through Traditions, which is Disney's mm -hmm. training program for all of cast members. Uh, they have four keys that guide right. the principles of Disney. And these four keys, uh, if you've ever read Marty Sklar's books, you're familiar with some of those principles and you're familiar with his commandments and you're familiar with the things that mold the teachings of Disney and how Disney treats their guests. So as part of Disney's training program, they have these four keys. The, the keys made news recently because Josh Damaro was talking about how they are altering that training program to now include a fifth key for inclusion. Okay. He was talking about how a lot of the events that we saw unfold throughout the U.S. this year uh, really were the premise uh, as to why, you know, they want to include this additional key. And he was talking about, you know, during the updates, he talked about fast tracking the the Splash Mountain uh, re-theming or the reimagining of Splash Mountain to Princess mm -hmm. and the Frog. And uh, I mean, I, 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 I get it. I'm all for the inclusion key. Personally, I think they shouldn't fast track the Splash Mountain thing and think of the cast members a little bit more. But... You know, I, I understand where they're coming from. Uh, this has been a really difficult year for a lot of companies. And I think because of a lot of things that happened mid-year, it opened people's eyes to how a lot of people yeah. can be treated and are treated and how people should be treated, you know, in different avenues, including companies. And so uh, as far as the additional key and the modifications to their training, uh, I'm all for it. Uh, I don't know what it's yeah. going to entail, but having gone through the training program, they didn't necessarily have anything that was like that already, did they? No, not really. I mean, you because you're already going through all that, it's, it's usually just included already in your mind. 
And I'm kind of tripping out that they added a key. Like, for the longest, it's always been the four keys. I actually applaud this. I, I love it. I love that they added the fifth. Um, you know, granted what what was happening. Um, I I love it. I think, I think, I, I get your point too with um, the, the term fast tracking, Splash Mountain. I think he could have said it a little bit differently. Yeah. Because you're right. The cast members right now, they kind of need that attention more than anything, considering the the situation everyone's in. But to know that they've added the fifth key, that's that's a a big step. That's a historic step in Disney history. So um, kudos. Yeah, he in his speech, he really emphasized. um, I took some quotes from one of the articles from the... Uh, IAAPA website where they had talked about his keynote um, Mm -hmm. and he talked about how there's this huge cultural shift happening within the company right now and how they're working on deepening the relationship with with different colleges you know like that are historically black so I'm guessing that when they bring back the Disney college program that's something that they want to concentrate on Uh, I don't know about that so I can't really speak to it but just some of the quotes that stood out he said when we say to all who come to this happy place welcome that means everyone both cast and guests and that's the tradition that goes all the way back to Walt Disney himself Uh, he also stated We believe that truly inclusive environment is critical to fostering ideas from all people to help us grow, innovate, and create the best stories possible. And this quote stood out to me uh, a lot. And I'll touch on this quote in the next thing that we're going to talk about. But uh, remember this quote. Uh, And then the final Mm -hmm. one is, in the world that we find ourselves in today, optimism, innovation, and courage they will ultimately win the day with the emboldened spirit that comes from the challenges of the COVID crisis with the hope and optimism that our brand captures, even in the toughest of times, let's ask ourselves, why not take our guests to the moon by bringing the moon to our guests? Why not dream as big as possible and challenge the very meaning of the word impossible? I, you know, whenever I hear Josh tomorrow talk, uh, I think to myself, that's a leader, right? There's a lot of people that are bosses. There's yeah. a lot of people that have these titles. But like at his core, Josh DeMauro is a good dude. Uh, if I ever had a chance to meet him again, he probably wouldn't remember me. Uh, however, I will say that at last year's Chalk Walk, <laughs> he was on stage with the ambassadors. And he said hi to us when they acknowledged Steamboat Willie. I'm just going to say, you know, I'm look, I'm just saying. But... We have it yeah, on tape. We do. We do. So <laughs> I can always show that to him later and just be like, Joshy, look, you were there. <laughs> I don't know if he likes to be called Joshy, but, you know, I don't I don't think Bob Iger likes to be called Bobby, but I call him Bobby anyway. Uh, anyway, <laughs> so uh, whenever I hear him talk, I think, you know, he's really good at what he does. You know, he's a very good leader. Yeah. He's the type of person that I feel has the company's best interest at the forefront, but cares about the people that can make those things happen for the company, you know, which seems to be absent from a lot of leadership in a lot of different companies at times. And he just gets it, you know, he, he's mm-hmm. very compassionate. He, 
I, I, I don't know what else to say about him. Like, um, he just gets it, you know? And so when, now that he's leading parks and resorts, uh, I, I feel optimistic that things will begin to eventually get back to normal because, uh, he even mentioned during his uh, keynote that they do plan on bringing back entertainment that they've had to let go during the pandemic back to the parks. And that was something that we had heard before, but we didn't have any confirmation from Disney to hear right. him say that, yes, they're going to bring it back. That means something now, right? It's no longer just a rumor. Mm -hmm. Like now it's something that Disney has stated is actually going to happen. So... Yeah, it was uh, a good keynote to follow. Uh, he, again, there was a lot of updates about what's happening in the parks. There was pictures. One of the things that he showed was footage of a test run of the new uh, roller coaster, Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind. And mm -hmm. look, this is probably one of the things I got most excited about seeing because We've talked about this. I love roller coasters. I love yeah, roller do. coasters. Before we had our Disney passes, every year we got a, a Six Flags Magic Mountain pass. I loved going there and just spending the day just riding coasters. And this just makes me so excited. You know, the new mechanism that they created, which they're calling the Omni Coaster, is inspired, obviously, by a roller coaster. But at the same time, it's also inspired by the Omnimover system that we've seen on attractions like the Haunted Mansion. And the right. idea that they can program the car to move any direction in, in 360, okay? It can move 360 degrees. And they can program it so that they can tell you an entire story the way that they want to tell you a story, the way that they do on a Doom Buggy, for instance is awesome because on top of that storytelling you have the thrill of being on a roller coaster yeah it's it's awesome to think about that like to be able to get the full experience and the 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 opportunity to be able to turn all the way through that's awesome here okay how do i say this um for a future episode that I have homework for, I thought I was crazy for thinking something, and now I hear about this. I'm like, this is awesome. I'm on the same wavelength <laughs> right now. <laughs> because it's it's cool to think of different things, but this, the way that it's, it, no, this is awesome. This is awesome. And you're not flipping upside down, which is good. Yeah, so when I read, when I saw, I saw a little bit of this, of what you're talking about. And it just, it blew my mind that they combined the two to make this happen. It's just, that is so cool. Yeah, I love it. So, so cool. Like, I can't wait to see the whole thing done, just to see it in action. Yeah, it's going to be something super special to see. Uh, and I'm pretty excited. Uh, I'm kind of bummed out, obviously, that it's in Florida. But at the same yeah. time, <laughs> it gives me the opportunity to get past a lot of you know, the flying things and make it out to Walt Disney World finally. So, you know. Well, not just that. It's just the potential that we could see in the future. We've talked about this before. If they got rid of Autopia and a couple of things in Tomorrowland and we got something similar to that here. Ugh. Yes, please. I mean, yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. 
So just a thought. We're putting it right there. <laughs> We're putting a pin on that one in the blue sky pegboard over here. But anyway, uh, yeah, that was one of the things I was definitely most excited about during his presentation. Uh, you know, at the awards, it wasn't just about Josh tomorrow. It's about all things in the theme park industry. And two uh, Disney alum uh, got awards at the IAPAs this year. Uh, they joined oh, wow. the IAAPA Hall of Fame, as a matter of fact. Uh, the first one is Greg Hale, who is the Disney Hi. is Disney World's vice president. Uh, he's been uh, VP of Walt Disney World. He's been chief safety officer of parks and resorts since like 2002. Wow. And yeah, I mean, uh, so he's been along for a really long time. But the other person that got an award was... Tony Baxter. Well deserved. You know, obviously a very well-known name at Imagineering. Uh, he's brought us such gems like Big Thunder Mountain, Star Tours, a Journey into Imagination, a Figment. I mean, there was just so many things. Uh, that Indiana Jones. Oh, yeah. Indiana Jones. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, I'm... I'm sorry I didn't mention it. <laughs> There's so many things that Tony Baxter's been a part of and so oh, yeah. many things that he's lent his hand to. Uh, Splash Mountain is one of the things that he's worked on. And he's even coming back to be an advisor on the retheming mm -hmm. of Splash Mountain as it gets the, the reimagining to Princess and the Frog. So, uh, yeah, it, it's super cool. Talk about one of those stories that, you know, you start off at the bottom and then you, you right. work your way to the top. You know, being an, an ice cream scooper and uh, working all the way to actually building the magic. That yeah. is the dream right there. So uh, congratulations to both Tony Baxter and Greg Hale on their entry into the IAAPA Hall of Fame. Uh, it's a super Amazing. honor. So, uh, you know, one day I'll join them. You never know. <laughs> Tomorrow. <laughs> I Put declare. Your name on, on masking tape right there. <laughs> I, I declare I'm now in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> you know, one, one joke that Office fans might understand. It's like uh, that episode where Michael Scott is uh, trying to declare bankruptcy and he just stands in the middle of the room and he's like, I declare bankruptcy. <laughs> and they're like, that's, that's not how that works. That's, you can't just no. say it. And then it happens. <laughs> that's exactly what's happening uh. here. <laughs> anyway, uh, the one other thing that I did want to talk about is uh, a new series on Disney plus that I just absolutely enjoyed. Um, I mean, I have a couple of thoughts about the series in general. Uh, I'm talking about Inside Pixar. Uh, did you get a chance yeah. to watch this, Mel? I did. I get. To, I got to see a few episodes. It's really good. Yeah. So Inside Pixar was directed by Erica Milsom and Tony Kaplan. Uh, Erica Milsom is the writer and director of the short Loop that was part of the Spark Shorts. It's kind of like, remember those one day at Disney shorts that they did that were like yeah. five to eight minutes long and they were like highlighting different people around the parks and their jobs and stuff like that. Uh, like mm -hmm. Bob Iger has one and his is like one of the shortest ones. Um, it, it's kind of like that, but yeah, but 
I, I feel like I enjoyed this one a little bit more because it felt less scripted to me. The the other one, I mean, look, anything that ends up on Disney Plus obviously has some sort of script. They're not just going to go off the cuff. But this one, because it was so much more personal and the backstories that were told just made you connect with the people on a different level, uh, mm-hmm. I, it just felt less scripted. It had more heart. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. That's it. It also wasn't like the Imagineering story where yeah. it it like the Imagineering story goes into the studio and how it branched out and morphed into Imagineering and it shares stories about how the parks were built and the struggles and you know everything that goes into creating the Disney parks and resorts. But this is centered around people. You know, mm-hmm. each episode is particularly one person at Pixar. It's supposed to be a four-part docu-series. This is season one. Uh, each part is going to revolve around a specific theme. This first one revolves around the theme Inspired. Uh, they have mm-hmm. not released what the other three are going to be. But the first five episodes are now available on Disney+. Plus. Uh, and then l- let's just go through each episode, a few comments on each one. Um, the first episode was Kemp Powers. Uh, he mm-hmm. is the writer and co-director of Soul. He talks about how he kind of started off as a journalist and then he kind of shifted over to being a writer. And really, his episode is, I feel like it's really about representation, you know, because yes. as a black man, he talks about the writing process and how there's certain things that happen in the black community that are universal to black communities. You know, they're all mm-hmm. different. Everybody's different. But there's one particular place and thing that happens that kind of brings everybody together, regardless of your status, regardless of where you are. He talks about the process of pitching that scene to to Pete Doctor, to the team, mm-hmm. And how it eventually ends up in the film. And I thought it was a really interesting look at the whole pitching process and how we came, like how that came to be in the movie. Yeah, definitely. You get to see a little bit of behind the scenes of how it came to be, which is really cool because you're getting to see how how it just comes together uh, the background that's what i'm trying to say is like you get to hear you get to see the background you get to see the experience all of that just comes together and in this little um in this episode i think i'm repeating myself when i say that we see (laughs) just everything that goes behind this film which i'm even more excited to see because i love to see when someone puts their heart their culture who they are onto film and I I love it I mean seeing what they did with Coco I love to see that like it's just it's the heart that gets me and just I'm excited for it yeah I think there's a lot of reasons to be excited for Soul Um, I mean obviously the collaborative the collaborative effort that went into creating it but from a cultural Mm -hmm. standpoint you know we've had like black characters in other movies, but Frozone versus the characters that we're going to see in Soul. And I mean, no insult to Frozone, right? But I mean, right. they're they're totally different. They're in totally different spaces. And mm-hmm. 
the the characters in Soul are just going to be so much more authentic. You know, the dialogue yes. is going to be more authentic. Something as simple as their hairstyles. Like, hairstyles yes. are such a huge part of that community. And for them to be represented the way that they are in this film, you know, is going to be really great to see. Uh, mm-hmm. So I was excited about Soul before. But after this, I'm much more excited about it, just like you are. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was a really good take. Um, the next episode was it featured Deanna Macy Lazier. <laughs> you did a better job than what I would have done. I'm pretty sure mm-hmm. I may have mangled her name, but I'm so sorry. Uh, she's a character art director. And her episode, I mean, first of all, she presents herself in a way that you know, she dresses in vintage clothing a lot. You know, that's how she yeah. expresses herself. You know, she talks about her own personal wardrobe, how it's inspired things in films, like how it inspired some of the artwork and the costume design for The Incredibles. Mm-hmm. Her story was about coming into the industry as a woman when very few women were a part of the industry. And yeah. how... There were points where she may have struggled, like, should I dress like this? Should I not dress like this? And ultimately, she just let herself be herself. Uh huh. And how that has benefited her throughout her career. And th- there was another part of the story where she talks about how during the creative process, you also have to allow yourself to pivot. You know, when something's just not working, you have to be able to just quickly turn it, you know, into something else. Her story was really good. I enjoyed it as well. I mean, what were your thoughts on this one? Well, we don't really hear a lot of from the women in animation. So this was exciting just to have a little bit of like their experience from first coming in here to finding their confidence and then just being themselves. And then this is what's happening, you know, since then. And she's like head held high. It's pretty awesome. Um, <laughs> I love what she's wearing. It's not for me, but it's it's awesome to be able to just be like that and just do your thing. And her art, um, that is really cool. Yeah. I mean, what she showed us, very simple, but the way that it's cut and detailed and styled is like, dang, that's yeah. really cool. But there was something that really did, that I totally understood between... um the first and the second episode and it's basically trying to find your way through difficult times like being able to just be productive and I when she was like drawing and she's like no throw it away no throw it away and she just kept going and going and it just shows the determination and it's something uh, I mean we all could relate to that one way or another so I really appreciated that and just hearing the struggles, because that's relatable. That is totally relatable. Yeah. Um, that's, and that's only two episodes in. Yeah. So it's like, imagine all the other episodes and the amount of good, you know, the goodness that's going to come out of it. So, yep. yeah. I, th- I think the other message that she really uh, talked about in her episode that I really liked was how inspiration is everywhere. You know, mm-hmm. and I that's one thing that I've struggled with recently. Uh, a lot of the designs that end up on the T-shirts and stuff like that, 
you know i i have an opportunity to work on them and sometimes it's difficult you know with so many things in your head and so many things that you deal with sometimes it's hard to clear your head and one thing that i've been super guilty of is if i'm working on something I just keep at it and at it and I'll get frustrated, but I'll keep at it and I know it doesn't look good and I'll just keep working on it. And one change that I've made within the last several months is I've started walking away from things, you know, I, and it wasn't that I don't go back and finish it. It's just that I felt that I was becoming more productive when I would walk away from it. And that's one of the things she talks about in this episode. And it, it made me feel better about it because truth be told, there were times where I would walk away from a project and I would just feel super guilty. But it's crucial in order for you to recharge your batteries and come back with a fresh look on everything that you're doing. So uh, I I really enjoyed this episode a lot too. I think the overall messages that she conveyed uh, were really poignant, especially to anyone that's in the arts especially you know but Mm -hmm. it really works for anybody (laughs) you don't have to be an artist to be able to follow that you know that advice so uh yeah so the next episode was stephen hunter the writer of the spark short out out uh is a very special short for Pixar because it's the first official LGBTQ film produced by the studio. Mm -hmm. He essentially goes through the story of how his life experiences ended up inspiring what out became all of his struggles and how he pivoted all of that into the creation of this film. Pretty much another story of just heart just trying to find himself, trying to bring that story out. And this one was really sweet because he actually um, talks more about himself so that you could connect to the film a little bit more because it's based on him. Yeah, Uh, it was definitely a really great story. And this is another one that, like we mentioned with the Kent Powers short, it's about representation, right? Mm -hmm. It's about somebody being able to see something like that when you're young and not feeling isolated from the world and feeling like, Hey, there's others like me, you know, I, I'm not, I'm, I'm not alone in this world. You know, there, there are others that feel the way that I do and that do the things that I do. So, yeah, I think this was a really inspirational one. I think it was good to include it. Um, the next one was Jessica height and Jessica is a script supervisor at Pixar. Hers was really interesting because uh, she talks about this award that she gets while at Pixar. And she goes uh, into talking about what the award is for. And she basically is an advocate for gender balance in Pixar films and basically in films in general. And so Mm -hmm. she helps develop this tool that tracks that. And the the whole episode is basically uh, talking about the tool, what it does, how it's used. I thought it was a really good way. Actually, I'm going to reserve that for once we're done. I want to hear what you thought about this one before I continue. 
Well, I didn't get to see this one or the next one, but I'm very curious. Ah, I'm okay. very curious about this. I, I am. Um, after seeing the three, I want to see like all of them. Okay. I'm yeah. All right. So I'll briefly give you uh, what the last one is about, and then I'll kind of wrap okay. up the whole thing. So the final episode in this particular collection is the episode for Dan Scanlon, who is the director and the writer of Onward. And so mm-hmm. he goes through the process of talking about how what it was like working on another film, you know, being offered the opportunity to create your own film, and what it's like to come up with an idea. He talks about how we came up with the idea, what inspired it, and the process, right? So this one, it, it was really great to see. I love... How, what inspired it? Uh, I love how he talked about it. Overall, uh, I have to say that this first collection, um, and, and I want to say, and I want to choose my words wisely here because, first of all, I've never worked at Pixar. So I can only talk about what I've read, I can only talk about what we've heard about, you right. know, working there and the culture. But you know, when John Lasseter exited the company, there was a lot of talk and there was a lot of articles written about how a lot of people were stepping forward about the toxic culture at Pixar. And as an outsider watching these films, you always think to yourself, like, there there can't be anything wrong. Look at the great stuff that they're producing. But Pixar is just like any other place, right? It's a company. Mm-hmm. And we've seen this with Disney. But what this particular series is doing is it's doing a couple of things, in my opinion. Like it's number one, it's kind of showing people the diversity and the inclusion and mm-hmm. the representation. And, and how much of a progressive company Pixar really is. Because I think in many ways, there may have been a bad rap about what happens at Pixar and how certain people might be treated. But I think this collection was chosen in such a way that, one, it counters that argument, and two... It does show you how progressive Pixar is by showing you the types of people, the types of projects, and the difference that they're making not only in the company, but how the differences go into the outside world. Especially when it comes to things like representation with like Soul Mm -hmm. with the Kent Powers one or Steve Hunter's episode, you know, for for Out. So... Mm -hmm. I don't want to say that this is a total marketing piece about Pixar and trying to like clean up their image because I don't think it is that. But I do think that it's Pixar's way of showing how inclusive they are and, Mm -hmm. like I said, how much of a progressive company they are and how it is a, a really great place to work and how collaboration is the key to everything that they do. And well said. under that premise, 
I am so excited to see the other collections that they're gonna be, that they're gonna release. Same here. I just I ended these and mm-hmm. I just want to see the other ones. Like I want a sneak peek. I don't even care if I go watch them at Pixar. They could just send me a USB drive with all of them and I'll send it back. <laughs> I'm fine with that. Um, yeah. A one time link. <laughs> <laughs> a time link. I don't care. That's how they do screeners now for for movies. They send you a link yeah. and it's timed. You, I mean, they could do the same thing with this one. So, yeah, <laughs> I mean, if you've had an opportunity to watch Inside Pixar, uh, you know, join the conversation. I'd love to hear what you guys thought about it. Uh, in general, again, I loved it. I'm glad that this is out there. It is different than the Imagineering story. It's also different than, uh, what's the Frozen one that they did? Uh, Into the Unknown. The Frozen 2 like story, the behind the scenes that they did for Frozen. That's another like docuseries that they did. Mm-hmm. But this yeah. is this is different because it's focusing on the people like one day at Disney. But I hate to say it. It seems more genuine <laughs> than the one yeah. day at Disney. You know, I maybe those are the wrong words, but that's how it came off to me. It's a different perspective. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. That, I think that's what it is. Like all of these shows are giving us different like sides and different looks and views and j- just different things. So it's been it's fun. Yeah, it's it's been fun. All right. Well, I think that's what we're going to wrap it on. So, again, if you have any thoughts on anything that we talked about in the episode, feel free to join the conversation over on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. You can also join us on Discord. We'd love to have you there. If you had a specific episode that you really enjoyed from Inside Pixar or you had thoughts on the entire series, again, let us know what you thought. We'll share your thoughts in an upcoming episode. But again, overall, I'm just looking forward to the ones that are coming. I really enjoyed this one, and I cannot wait for more. And then finally, before we wrap up again, make sure that you head over to TeamBoatWilly.com if you want to help us out with our virtual food drive to help out cast members that currently need it. We're going through Second Harvest Food Bank in Orange County. Every dollar that we raise, that's about the equivalent of up to three meals per person. So uh, we absolutely love what they are doing. Uh, If you can help us out, TeamBoatWilly.com is where you'll find the link to our our donation page and if you can't give any money please help us out by retweeting reposting whatever you can it's super helpful again this is uh, just our way of trying to provide a little bit of magic to all of the cast members that have provided so much magic for us in the past so with that until next time keep dreaming keep moving forward and always remember to pass on the magic Have a fantastic week, everyone. Bye.